0: Hello, and thank you for listening to this uh, Mothers Matter podcast. In this podcast, I'm talking with Tosh Britton, who is also known as the Divorce goddess. Uh, I was very pleased to be able to meet with her. I think divorce is something that is obviously it's harrowing for everyone involved in it. No one when they're young thinks I want to grow up and get divorced. But uh, particularly for stay at home mothers, uh, mothers who are primarily caring for their children full time, it must be a very nerve wracking situation to, uh, to enter into. And it has been used when I've done media interviews, people have said whether well, you shouldn't give up your job and be at home full time because what happens if you get divorced well I think Tosh uh, having been a stay-at-home mother herself has uh, come through divorce with a very positive outlook and hopefully you'll find this podcast encouraging if it is something you're looking at having to face up to or something you're going through at the moment um, she's very down to earth and practical full of really good tips for, for having a positive divorce so um, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Tosh, thank you very much for meeting with me today, and I'm humbled because I'm in the presence of a a fellow podcaster, so that makes me slightly nervous, but um, hopefully we'll get through this okay, and I I really wanted to talk to you because of your um, experience and work with divorce and everything that you're doing in that field. Um, uh, Could you start by telling us your background and
1: how you um, came to be where you are today? Yeah. Hi, Claire. Thank you so much. Um, I think it's really lovely two podcasters <laughs> talking to each other. So um, equally, I'm humbled that you asked me to be on your podcast. So thank you. Um, so I um, I was a stay at home mum. I was a director in my ex and uh, our company, um, and I we yeah we lived overseas for a long time and sort of came back to the UK but my ex always worked away so mm-hmm. I always felt it was really important to have one parent if we could afford to at home looking after the children and being there for the children and interestingly even through my divorce this has remained being as being something really really important um, to me and uh, we moved back from the Middle East, and pretty much at the same time, although not connected, we um, went through pretty much a um, bankruptcy and divorce. And I, two things happened. Um, uh, one was a conversation with some friends, and they were saying to me, "Oh, what are you going to do? You need to go and get money. You need to go and get his pension. Make sure you fight for all your, you know, all of this." and I remember having this really sick feeling in my stomach and it wasn't about the fact of lack of money or what could happen out of it. It was really about the fact, the thought of fighting. And uh, a little later I went for a walk and I was sort of thinking and ruminating and, you know, really being with how I was feeling around that. And I just thought, um, do you know what? The the, the expected... um, modus operandi if you like of going through a divorce is to have a battle or a fight and i'm quite stubborn and i just had this light bulb moment and i just thought do you know what i'm not going to give anybody what they're all expecting (laughs) and i just thought i don't care how whether my ex joins me in this um, sort of almost slightly crazy kind of <laughs> outlook about having a divorce or, or or not. I was just going to know that through my divorce and sort of, you know, the sky is always blue beyond the clouds, if you like, that I was going to know that I was the best person, the kindest person that I could be. I was going to take my ego out. I was going to practice forgiveness and compassion. And the second thing was one day I decided uh, I, I had an email um from my ex saying he wasn't sure if he could pay the rent this month. And um for various reasons we were renting both of us. And I remember sort of sitting there and I just started laughing, thinking, oh my goodness me, what else? What else can happen? What do I do now? And I just thought I'm just going to write about how I feel because you know, if I'm feeling like this, there must be other women also and divorcees going through this as well, who, um, you know, it may resonate. Anyway, 100,000 hits later, (laughs) uh, completely, (laughs) I'm not quite sure how that happened. And six weeks later, I was on um, ITV and Sky and Channel Five and BBC Radio Five Live and Good Morning Britain and all this other all these other tv programs and the bbc and what have you and and i just was like okay so i guess this is working something is resonating mm. so and yeah i guess that's yeah that's part of my story and just
0: just before um we get to the the divorce bit was there a period without going into talk personal detail? Mm. was there a long time where you were thinking divorce might be on the cards but not wanting to because of the implications or was it something you both sort of agreed fairly quickly
1: well it's really interesting because we um we were living in the middle east and we decided to get some couples counseling over there and both of us come from divorced parents um both were quite acrimonious and still to this day sadly my parents find it very difficult to see or talk to each other so the legacy of that um that i have lived with i just We didn't want to pass to our children. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess we committed to this um, counselling. And she was great. And she gave us this amazing analogy of, you know, you start off as a couple. You know, if you imagine sort of a a diamond shape. And you start off at the bottom very close together. And then, you know, life and work Mm -hmm. and children. and, And you almost get to sort of the furthest distance apart from each other and then I guess that's when you either call it a day or you then just sort of sort of make good everything you need and you sort of start working to the next you know the you know the more closer you know other point of the diamond as well so I don't know if that conveys well over a podcast but um, and so after our counselling we moved back to the UK and I kind of wanted a bit of a sort of the good life um, with, you know, chickens and, <laughs> you know, friends ponies in the field and fresh air and, um, you know, freshly grown vegetables and whatever else. And uh, my ex went back to work over in the Middle East and, you know, we carried on and we just realized that actually fundamentally we both changed as people and, um, and we just found we were just getting angrier and angrier and more frustrated. And I think we were both kind of quite lonely as well. And um, and although there wasn't a third party, even though we did spend an inordinate amount of time apart from each other, um, we, uh, I think we just kind of just thought, what are we doing? you know and the children have radars as well and children know when something's not right and I guess what we didn't want to do is show our children um uh what you know that 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 is love and that's okay Mm, mm. um yeah
0: yeah, it must have been very difficult for you. Did you have friends here already when you moved back, or did you have to start again?
1: So I moved back, uh, and the children went to a school locally here. And um, I'm actually from Dorset, so mm. came to live in Surrey. So I didn't know a soul. Mm. Mm. Happily, having been an expat, you're kind of quite. You can kind of quite say hello to anybody and just kind of take it or leave it and just go with it. Mm. Um, so that was a really amazing sort of helpful skill to have and you know what people are really lovely and they're kind as well and understanding and people genuinely want to help um so I never had a I never had an issue with people um who I met after saying I was getting a divorce they were they weren't tricky I think you know not all of our really good friends but some of our good friends found it quite difficult I think um and, and actually, people, just to move on to the friends thing, because I think that's a really big, um, it confounds couples when they spit up. They always hope that people are going to stay friends or one person, and then friends pick sides as well. And that really, really hurts a lot of people very deeply. But I just came to the conclusion that, you know, I think when a divorce happens with, with friends, it makes you look at aspects of your own relationship. And... I do know from my experience only that our really good friends who are friends with both of us have really, really rock-solid secure marriages. Mm, mm. That's not to say that (laughs) no friend of you are listening. (laughs) But, you know, if you are in a couple, I know Claire mentioned to me before about, you know, talking about this, but if you are in a couple and one of your friends does get divorced, you know, it's the practical stuff, mm. you know, that is really useful. Um, what, what
0: sort of things are you thinking of?
1: Um, just things like if you were moving to a new home, you know, has anybody put up shelves or something or, mm. you know, help you pack up some boxes to move? Um, it's it's just so emotionally and mentally draining when you pack up your family house and actually just to have a few kind people sort of make a cup of tea for you give you a hug while you're moving stuff is really Mm -hmm. lovely and I think you know we as humans when we're faced with something really um, really very difficult and very painful we tend to sort of sort of go into ourselves and it makes it harder and harder for us to actually ask for help Mm. so if you are out there and you know somebody who's going through a divorce and you know um just to really sort of offer practical help and obviously you know a a mug of tea or Mm. you know a a glass of wine um (laughs) is always very lovely as well it must be
0: very difficult um, mentioning that. To uh, moving house is horrendous anyway. But if you're moving house for a reason you're not happy about, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to be doing this. You don't mm-hmm. want to be in the situation where you're putting memories away and so on. It must be really hard to get your head in the right space there without thumping around and being furious the whole time.
1: Yeah, I think I think yeah. that's I think that's a really important point as well. But I think. Um, I think one of the things you have to think about when you're going through a divorce, and I mention this a lot, and I kind of speak a lot as well to groups of people, um, is that uh, holding anger is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. (laughs) And, And I would suggest that whether it was your decision to leave or your you know your your partner's decision your husband or your wife's decision to leave is really for you to from day one just be aware of when you're feeling that anger and then take those deep breaths and one of my mantras was you will not have my anger and I used to repeat it whenever I felt angry or I felt like wronged or I felt like kind of slipped into that victim hole that you know you know it it happens of course it does you know but um is to say you will not have my anger and I used to really focus on not being that vessel for anger because of course anger if we hold it Mm -hmm. we're going to take it on to the next part of our lives and we're going to take it into next relationships and there's something about meeting somebody and you know, sadly, you know, because divorce is so seen as a battle and as acrimonious, and you know, it's it's always sort of negatized so much, rather than focusing on some of the positive stuff. And I would really like to talk briefly with you about that. Um, to come out of it is that uh, you know, is practice from day one really letting go of uh, of that anger.
0: Um, when when you're saying um, you will not have my anger is that that you don't want it to be projected on the other person or you don't want them to have that control over you that it's making you angry
1: yeah (laughs) totally well well, this is absolutely right and you know I was just about to say actually that you know you you meet divorcees and I'm sure many of us have met divorcees and they just you know that you can just feel the anger Mm. of them and i just think oh wow you're such a beautiful person but you have this angry energy and that's not cool for you either because Mm. it's sort of you know people kind of a little bit uncertain maybe want to step back but um yeah to go back to your point uh you i think for your health as well anger is not a great emotion to hold inside for our health and it's wearing um Mm. it's uh It's exhausting being angry. Mm. And all you're doing is putting all your energy. It's like where your, you know, your thoughts go, your energy goes. And what you're doing is just you're piling into a negative thing rather than going, for example, you know, moving house. Hard as it is, but, you know, everything, everything is hard sometimes is to actually say, wow, I've got this amazing opportunity to, you know, explore a new life. Have my lovely stuff in my house as I want it. You know, I can have <laughs> yeah. whatever colour walls I want without my ex looking at me going. Oh, really? I can yeah. I can chintz it up. I can fairy light it up. You know, it's yeah. these amazing opportunities. And in those darkest moments, I think it's really important that you look for those little chinks of light. Mm. You know, and they are there, um, no matter you know how how tough it feels.
0: And just sticking with the the anger thing, how mm. because it is a it is a very um, difficult emotion because I know mm. there's um, someone in my life who makes me quite angry, a relative who <laughs> makes yeah. me quite angry, and I'm cross at them for making me angry yeah. the whole time. I resent the fact that I'm at my worst when I'm um, around them, yeah. and you know, and you, I try seeing it from their point of view, and so on. Do you have? Practical steps for how if someone if you have been living with someone who over a number of years mm. has driven you to this point mm. of having to uproot your life and you know and you recognise your role in the relationship mm. but are there mental strategies uh, i mean obviously forgiveness yeah. is massive yeah. and letting go but if you feel yourself getting angry is there what do you actually do at that point
1: i think i think i mean i would say automatically would take lots of deep breaths yeah. i would just i would just do some breathing i would go and do some star jumps go and go you know all these great things like go for a walk go and do some exercise go and get that sort of extra energy out but um something when i'm sort of coaching clients and ladies and men is I I talk about writing a list of all the good stuff Mm -hmm. um at the beginning but about that person about your ex or your that person or your partner Mm -hmm. um and you And this is really important because I really um, project managing your way through your divorce is how I always suggest and encourage people to um, uh, to go about the whole process. And one of the things is it's so easy to focus on the negative things and things that make us angry. But actually, the strength lies in having a better kind of divorce and remembering the good stuff that worked for both of you. You know, what were you both good at in your marriage you know what were the what were your strengths what was your weaknesses what were your weaknesses and just remember because just because your marriage has ended or your relationship has ended doesn't mean to say that person is inherently bad and you know and it's very difficult to focus on that rather than the good stuff so I'd always suggest that you you know hard as it may be you sit down with a nice cup of tea (laughs) get cozy somewhere a little cozy corner and write in a notebook the good things you know is that person you know your ex-partner or partner whatever going to be um are they uh kind do they have a good heart you know are they a good father mm-hmm. you know if they have been working very hard you know to provide for the family and as a stay-at-home mom and I know what this feels like as well mm-hmm. because I had this happen to me I was told I was Lazy, good for- nothing coffee all day, and it just totally wow. it really, really, really hit me really hard because I knew I was doing a good job as being a mum. and i I think you know, yeah, they worked hard to provide for you, you know, they allowed you that amazing, you know amazing time to be with your children. Mm-hmm. you know, and just because things go wrong and you know, or somebody does something, to you it doesn't mean to say they are inherently bad Mm. that there are good things and I think it's really good to remember that balance from day one
0: yes yeah that's really helpful I wonder whether it might help to ask a friend what was nice about your your ex-part a mutual friend because with my friend who who got divorced, you know, I'm obviously on her side and mm. I've got her back and I can see why mm. uh, she was very frustrated with him. Mm. But I can also see positive things in him that I enjoyed his company. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and to get someone else to say, well, what, you know, be honest with me, what was okay? Yeah. <laughs> what was okay about him? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I think I think it's quite important that, you know, coming from a friend, I know are really good friends, but but we were very... We said, listen, we're going to have a really good divorce. We're going to try really hard so we don't impact you, our families and most of our children um, and ourselves moving forwards. And I think we were quite clear about that. So everybody knew where they mm-hmm. were so there was no room for you know pub lawyer speak or find pub la- financial advisor or mm-hmm. pub psychologist or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know and as friends we all really want to help and be there but um i think if you as a couple can be quite put the boundaries down mm-hmm. that we you just want positive support
0: mm-hmm. for
1: both of you um we found that to be very very helpful mm. and it didn't sort of attract any more sort of negativity or you know we all have moments where we phone up a friend and just like shout down the phone go oh my god I can't believe that just can't believe they just said that and mm. you know mm-hmm. and I've had moments where I've just God, there's a there's a hill near us called um butts hill mm-hmm. and i used to mm-hmm. march up that on some days yeah, <laughs> i was yeah. like that marching divorcee yeah. who needed to get everything out of my system and well, do you know what it's called butts for a good reason because i had a great figure there's always at the end a long of line of women walking up that hill angrily you can't get
0: past them
1: all and we've and all got one. a fine butt as a result i yeah. think <laughs> it's in the name but
0: there's 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 lots to come back on there but did you want to say something about a good heart you were
1: yeah having a good heart is is just being really aware of how you're feeling um Mm -hmm. and I think what's really important is you really work with your emotions going through the process and you work on I talk a lot about forgiveness and kindness and really looking after you know your heart and one of the big things is you know is that temptation to go and start dating very quickly um and you know i'm not i'm not the ministry of no fun at all because you know you go and do what's you know what you need at any you know at the time But um, I'd really suggest that if you can do the work on your own heart, it makes a for a better experience moving forward. Um, And also, yeah, it's just that that self-kindness. We talk about self-love a lot, but actually self-kindness is a really I think is an easier.
0: Yeah. What, What do you mean by working on your own heart? What would that look like?
1: so writing down keeping a journal i think Mm -hmm. is a really important thing and so often we sort of bury stuff inside of us so actually getting it out on paper um you might want to start picking up a paintbrush if you used to um you know used to paint or draw um write poetry uh sing go and join a singing group and let Mm -hmm. some emotions out you know Mm -hmm. i think sort of uh there are lots of sort of different defense um, mechanisms we all adopt when we go through tough stuff. And, you know, that temptation to smooth it over and go, I'm fine. Yeah. And then you kind of go home and, you know, I I kind of I've, I've told this story where um, one day I dropped my children off at school and came back. Uh, halfway through making a cup of tea I literally just sunk to the floor and then sort of crawled to the downstairs mm-hmm. and sat there for the next six hours I probably had like a mini breakdown that mm-hmm. day and I realised I needed to start looking after myself and <clears throat> to stop pretending I was okay all the time and that I had it all together and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine when really the reality was um, I was, you know, in in not such a good place mm-hmm. so I'd also suggest, you know Go and ask for help, go and, you know, therapy, um, coaching, um, which is obviously something I do. I help people mm-hmm. um, get into a better place so they can go through this process um, without too much fallout. Um, but, you know, forgive yourself as well. Mm. You know, you're just being, you're a human being living a very human experience in a bit, quite a sort of tough world, so...
0: Mm. Yeah I think we sometimes have very high expectations for ourselves and we don't um, mm. don't recognize recognize our own fallibility. And yeah. uh, it's almost pride in a way. Mm. <laughs> and if you think actually, let's accept that I am essentially selfish, and uh, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> yeah. and the work from that, you yeah. know, and that I have to. I'm working from that position. I'm trying to be the best version of me. Yeah. But I have started with a handful of cards of um, some things which are, are varying difficult. degrees. of... <laughs> yes, I'm good at this, but I'm rubbish at that, yeah. and I'm not forgiving or whatever. So this is what I have to work at. Yeah. Um, I think from what you're saying, it sounds to me like you have to know where your starting position is to be able to move forwards. And actually, if you're trying to move forwards from halfway up the track, they're going to pull you back to the beginning. Yes. At some point, you're going to be pulled back and you have to get back to the beginning. Um And it'll come at some point, but, you know, maybe that was your time of getting back to the beginning. Um, You're starting to build, but your foundations aren't there yet. You've got to sweep everything away and start again.
1: And actually, kind of going through something like a divorce or separation, it literally is like you've just fallen down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And life, nothing is as it seems anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything you know, sort of midlife, um, is suddenly... That there's no certainty in anything mm. and it is really really scary and particularly I'm just going to go back to mums who've you know stay-at-home mums mm. where you know I, th- I think that's where sort of fear and anger and rash decisions can be made because they're suddenly like, oh my goodness me, all I've done is been a good mom and looked after our children and given up my career. And it is very easy to, you know, start getting angry and, you know, uh, and lose your, you know, lose that sense of balance in who you are. And I would really kind of suggest if you can to come back to being, remembering who you are and don't let something like a divorce take you off on some really angry tangent um be you know if you can just come back and because when we kind of disappear off and we make rash decisions or we you know and of course this happens you know i'm not going to say i never you know i didn't do it or any of us never do it but you know it, it we hand our power away Mm-hmm. Every time we lose, you know, and we go off to a place of anger and rather than sort of coming back and just sort of going, listen, I'm just going to trust we're going to work ourselves our way through it. And that's why mm-hmm. I talk about project managing, you know, your divorce and, you know, yeah, I cannot estimate um uh, or underestimate even how how important it is to even write an intention to yourself how you want it to go Mm. you know if you can sit down with your ex and you both write a letter that's geared around co-parenting you know we both commit to getting through this process you know for our children's sake for our you know our own well-being and for Mm. those who, who love us I think that's really important too. Mm. And,
0: and that, um, well, there's two things there. One is the sort of financial implications, mm-hmm. if you have been a mother at home full-time. And yeah. the other is the, what happens if the other side doesn't share your desire for yeah. some sort of harmony. But yeah. starting with the sort of financial side, um, can we go back to that day when you couldn't pay the rent? Yeah. How, how did you get through that month?
1: Well, <sighs> God. I, okay so how did I get through that month it, okay so in mindfulness I'm a really big mindfulness fan and um and I obviously sort of trained as a, a coach as well and a teacher so I would suggest it, I really believe that when you let stuff go you let go of that sort of aspect of trying to control something and I could have literally just gone into sort of like, oh my God, oh my God, and this complete like crazed state. And I realized, and this the more I did this, um, the better it got on so many different parts of my life. And it still is now something I, I work with a lot. Um, that acceptance and letting go. And I just thought, I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just gonna see if the money is going to come through And will it be okay? And it did come through. (laughs) Yes. And it came through about four days later. And something just magically happened. So we had the money. You know, somebody made a payment. Um, But I just thought, I'm not going to get angry with you for that. And I'm just going to do something. And it's in that letting go. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, It's almost like when we try to control things, we almost block because we want it to happen in the way we want it to happen and so often divorce goes that way because we just go we want it this way and I want that and I want that you know and um and then a little example I can share with you is uh we were sorting through our sort of worldly chattels in our house and we had some lovely glass lamps they're not One's in the corner of that. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we were going through, and uh, my ex, for some reason, decided, and they're, quite, they're really lovely. And uh, he said, I want those lamps. Oh. And I kind of looked at him and I was like, Why do want these you want those lamps? You'd never really like those lamps. He goes, I want those lamps. Oh. <laughs> and I just remember laughing, and I just went, and I was like, And I had that moment where I just thought, I could actually go and buy lamps, mm. another lamp again, or find one in a charity shop or auction, whatever. And I just thought, what is this battle about? And I just thought, I'm just going to let you have the lamps. And I just said to him, I said, listen, do you know what? I'm just going to let this go. And I was like, you can have the lamps. Go on. If you you want them in your home, your new home, you have them in your new home. And then about two days later, he sent me an email going, oh, I've just had a little think about those lamps. You can have them because I know you really like them. So can I suggest that, you know, the letting go is sometimes you know and it was a big call about the rent
0: mm. you know
1: and I'm sure you know I could have phoned my dad or something or one of my parents and said listen can you please help me out mm. um and it but also asking for help as well but I do think you know notice when we are out of fear we get angry
0: mm.
1: and notice that because that's when the mind monkeys are messing around, and they're really creating. And I really believe me; I understand what it's like not to have uh, to have to sell everything to pay your rent. To, I had to sell furniture out of my house in the Middle East to get so we could get home. It was just um, I do know what it's like not to know where money is coming from, mm-hmm. and to be a stay-at-home mum and to go. What am I going to do? I've been out of the workplace for ages. What am I going to do? Mm.
0: I think I think from what I've heard as well, that quite often in a divorce process, there's a, a belittling of the role of the mother at home. And they're very much sort of you've only done this and you've not contributed anything. Um, but there is some I'm going to look it up. There's some judgment's just come through this week where they've given extra yes. did you see that e- yeah, extra did. kudos to the mother who's given up her career so yeah. they've made an allowance for that
1: absolutely she was a lawyer
0: oh right okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I believe if I remember right yeah and I shared it I shared it I've got an online group a uh, private mm-hmm. Facebook support page and um mm-hmm. I shared it in there um yes. it, it was really yeah
0: can can people join that group?
1: Yeah, they okay. can. It it's it's yeah. called the it's called Divorce Goddess Group. And um divorce goddess I I just want to kind of talk to you about that so (laughs) so it was back in 2013 and I was sort of ruminating about what I was going to do and um Nigella Lawson was doing her domestic not that I kind of thought in any way I was anywhere near her but I was like divorce goddess about you know just being a good you know good person you just show up you look after your home you look after your children you just you know you own Mm. it and I thought, oh, God, on, I'll go for that. And I remember Googling it and nobody had taken it. I just thought, oh, John, I'm just yes. going to see what happens. And it was funny because one of the TV cameramen who came to the house to film um, about the blog and mediation and everything he just said you are a very clever lady and interestingly now whenever I mention it people don't want to hear about anything else they just go tell us about Divorce Connors." what is it about Divorce Connors? <laughs> <laughs> and I was speaking at this the first divorce fair in London a couple of weeks ago and uh, and I had people coming up to me I was it was incredible they go, going oh my god it's the Divorce Connors! it's you we finally get to meet you <laughs> You're like, and I was like oh my god what is going on here it's yeah. so funny (laughs) so it really was just basically about being the best person you can be and looking Mm. after yourself and you know being kind to yourself so that was where
0: well yes actually I would uh, I'd like to go back to that time that you wrote your um story but but before that can we just talk about what happens if the other side is very Mm. recalcitrant and digs their heels in and thinks I do not want harmonious
1: divorces okay so that you can't do anything about that Mm. you know what that, you know, you're getting a divorce now. So any of your, any of the wily ways or anything <laughs> that you thought might have helped make, you know, help your ex be kinder to you <laughs> probably isn't going to work. So mm. I really suggest that you work on yourself. You know, I think that there's a lot to be said for kindness. I know that the courts um, these days, people, you know, the judges are tired of just people dragging people into court really unnecessarily because mm. they don't want to take responsibility for their own actions and um, what I always suggest to people I work with is that, you know, you can take responsibility for what you say, the emails you send, your self-care, so you turn up in a you know in a state where you've eaten you've drunk enough water you haven't drunk coffee you know to meetings or mediation you know you can think before you send those emails off you can be a good person you can't do anything about how your ex wants to turn up and almost the more you try and make them do it that way the more they're going to dig their heels in because they don't have to do anything for you anymore Mm. you know and i think that's quite a difficult thing to to learn is that emotional support is is really just not there anymore Um, And it's then about you to become more emotionally resilient as well, and that's what I help a lot of uh, women with is to becoming more emotionally resilient, Uh, and especially through you know the time forties and fifties as well. We've got you know Mm -hmm. it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know we're talking you know menopause, perimenopause, all that stuff is happening. I mean it's Mm -hmm. it's a, a tough you know, decade and, and for ladies as well, older ladies, old ladies, I'm 51, I'm in there. Listen to me, I think I'm only 25 still clearly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you, and so how do you be that sort of kind and thoughtful person and still get 50 percent if they're arguing that you haven't contributed much i mean is that there, there's a kind of way there's probably no the
1: argument rights? left anymore to do that yeah, uh, okay. and pretty much i think you just have to trust in the process So i would really suggest um that if you're looking for a lawyer um or mediator that you go on to resolution.org um, it's a government site uh, and it's um, it's a site where lawyers uh, sign up for a more collaborative um, kind of process. So, you know, they've done some training. Um, if you're going to get a mediator, I would suggest that a mediator with who is a lawyer as well. So then you kind of get almost two for the price of one.
0: Going back to the um, writing you started to, where did you where did you post that
1: to it? I just Have popped you... it on a blog, and a mum at school was who had a forum said, "Oh, I just set it up on Google for you. So I had this Google blog for a while, and uh, yeah, and I just used to sit and I used to just write, and it was so cathartic for me, mm. you know. And it was like, you know, what did you know? I just wrote about things like, what do you do if. You know, my house got a little bit flooded, and I had to sort out this, I had to sort out that, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's actually going. Wow, I can do this! Like mm-hmm. putting a TV up on the wall and drilling some holes in, and going, mm-hmm. I can do this. And that's the that's the that that's the joy and the excitement, mm-hmm. and the opportunity for you to grow as well. Because what I found with me is. I really handed, I felt I had handed a lot of my power away, um, being a stay-at-home mum, um, that because I wasn't earning, it's that whole, you know, that fear of not contributing, but you are contributing because you are becoming, you know, you are this mother who is nurturing and looking after the children in the marriage, so, um, yeah, handing your power away, so really, yeah, just, and I used to write about all sorts of stuff. Mm. I really enjoyed it. What
0: well. was it you think, uh, what do you think the press were interested in?
1: When they just wanted a good story. They wanted, <laughs> no, and when I say a good story, as in a good mediation story, promoting mediation, promoting uh, a more harmonious divorce, uh, promoting, you know, they were just curious to see the mindset. Mm. And I just thought every time a, a challenge came up to me, uh, up for me, I was like, right, I'm just going to flip it. And I'm just going to do it differently. Mm. And I would also suggest that if you are, you know, it's that, I uh, it was Freud, isn't it, saying, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Like, mm. you know, whatever was working for you towards the last few months or years of your marriage that wasn't working, it's really not going to work in your divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. really, you know, it's about changing your mind and changing your divorce Um yeah which is yeah my big that's my kind of speech thing I do is really about changing it changing that mindset um and it takes work and daily practice of Mm. course but you know what it's for the sake of your children and your own mental Mm. health and emotional health moving forward and physical health it's important
0: and I think I think you said earlier about um communication was that just to me the importance of communication Mm. in in divorce yeah, well, and in marriage.
1: Yeah, and in marriage. Well, exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. All of this, you know, and and I guess, you know, I really believe that life brings up stuff for us to look at, and if we kind of sweep it under the carpet, it's just going to come back and bite you on the backside a little bit later on, and and it's almost like divorce almost has happened because perhaps there was a breakdown in communication people being openly and honest with each other um you know not you know maybe because they were fearful but uh divorce is absolutely about communication
0: Mm.
1: and it's almost like doing it kindly and and almost like oh god it's like oh my god well i've got to do all that now you know we're spitting up but this is when the real work needs to happen Mm. and whether you write each other you know an email and sit on it overnight but um or get a friend to read it and take the emotion out of as well I've had you know friends of mine say to me can you just read this email so it's not emotional and you kind of take out a few of the words that you know the trigger words Mm. um and just be aware of um you know when you're communicating how you know not to use those trigger words Mm. Just just don't. Just let them go. It's like, why are you going to make your life difficult and probably end up paying somebody a lot of money as well
0: mm, mm.
1: to support your life being difficult?
0: I know what I think some advice my um, brother got before he got married is to say, um, you, you should never. You should never have a sentence that says always or never. You always do this or you never do that. And so if, we, if I find myself saying that, I can't say it to my husband. Because if if Mm. he said it to me, you always do that. I'd say, well, gosh, that's awful. Do I always do that? That's really boring if I always do that. Nikki, you you can't really have a good argument where you say, you sometimes (laughs) don't do this. say, oh yeah, I sometimes (laughs) don't do it. And it takes all the sort of sting out of it. Mm. It's just you think, well, on Mm. occasion, you Mm. haven't done that. And you you can't really take yourself seriously for being cross then. Because you think, oh, well, (laughs) it it ruins your point you have it to does. know it, and on occasion not to <laughs> reply <laughs> so if
1: somebody said that to me I would just laugh my head off I just I would literally but then I quite I'm quite bad at like laughing in arguments because I just yes. like I just can't get into it just
0: mm. anyway
1: but but that reminded me actually of something that we used to do when we were married we used to take it in turns um of being wrong and saying sorry no matter um, whether it was or not, oh right, we good, would yeah. just go. Actually, I'm really sorry, and um, and we both kind of sort of got into that, which actually really I've forgotten about that, but oh yeah,
0: that's a, that's a good yes. Yeah. So I I know we try and say um, well, I'm trying to say uh, you know it's my fault when this hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. so I didn't. Yeah. Take the bin out, and I really mean you. Neither of us did. yeah <laughs> But yeah. as soon as you say I didn't do that, then the other person thinks, "Oh, okay," and they think, "Well, maybe I didn't do it either." Yeah. But it. And
1: how um, does that make you feel as well? Well, it it
0: neutralises yeah, the situation. You exactly. recognise that something's not happened; it should have happened. Mm. And uh, you know, he silly little things that he when Andy's around, he always puts the dishwasher <laughs> on, but he travels a lot, and I put it on. Mm. But when he's around. I assume he's done it. But if I, rather than say you didn't put it on, I say I didn't put the dishwasher on, because I was expecting you to, <laughs> but you didn't do it. And if you acknowledge your own sort of responsibility in it, then it, again, it, it de-escalates the confrontation. It just accepts there's been a failure of putting on of the dishwasher. <laughs> At least one of us is to blame. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dishwasher. <Yeah>. The dishwasher. <laughs> I was just going to say that, you know, with meetings and things like that with exes or your, you know, newly separated um, partner um, is to remember in mindfulness, we talk about hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And I also put an I for ill, having talked to ill people as well. Um, and if you're feeling really tired because maybe you haven't slept or maybe that you're worrying about money or maybe you haven't eaten properly in the morning um then it's you know easy to forget that maybe your ex when they're turning up at a mediation meeting maybe they've been up and they haven't slept well you know been worrying about money but not necessarily will share that with you so um just to be quite mindful if you can about how other people are feeling mm. um you know somebody said it's not always about you sort of. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and do you have advice along those lines about children and mitigating the effects on children
1: yeah so yeah. i would um i mean being a child divorce parents and uh yeah and I hear some shocking stories as well about children being dropped off at the bottom of the road and having to do the walk of shame to the next Mm. parent's house because the parents can't say hello to each other I mean Mm. honestly you know anyway um so I would say uh don't have your conversations in front of you get a co-parenting plan together and um I'm not sure if there's one in my group, actually, but I do talk about putting one together. Um, agree, you know, if you do need to talk, get somebody, a neighbour or somebody to mind the children if you need to, and go out for a walk. I would really say, rather than being in a, you know, an enclosed room, mm-hmm. is to actually go out for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so then you can kind of blow off and you, you're not in a, <laughs> an enclosed space. Um children just uh need to know it's not their fault uh, I think that's really important and that they need to know they're loved so they're loved you know they don't have all that all the emotions that we carry around and you know they don't sort of think in the way they do you know that we do so really it's about um yeah definitely uh, they're loved it's not their fault and we used to say to our children it will be all right we will be all right and almost saying that it was almost like that promise we couldn't go back on to our children Mm -hmm. and there were times don't get me wrong it was really hard we had some we had some really really tough times and especially sort of working out finances and you know what on earth we were going to do but um the children and don't just don't argue or use the children don't speak badly of your ex to your children because your children are half of each of you mm. and so if you're you know you know if you're whatever saying whatever negative stuff about your ex to your children you know that is half of who they are mm um and that can be incredibly detrimental as well and more and more you know we talk about um in the news as well and more and more cases of parents using their children and um against each other that's just like come on come on where's the humanity in that Mm. um It
0: must be very difficult where you, if you've you've got divorced, I mean, things must have gone very wrong in your marriage to lead Mm -hmm. up to you having to get divorced. Mm -hmm. And so there are things that you don't really like about that other person. Mm -hmm. And then they're in control of your children (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and their children as well, obviously. Mm -hmm. But doing things maybe in the way that always annoyed you when you were married, and now they're doing it on their own, you know, letting them just go on the screen the whole time mm. when they're there because they're not looking after them. Yeah, And then the children, as they get older, might then start reporting back and say, well, when I'm at daddy's house or mummy's house I'm I don't do anything I'm just mm. on the screen how it how do you handle something like that that sort of long distance conflict with
1: yeah so I would suggest is that's where I kind of like putting together a co-parenting plan you know so you agree mm that I mean you know ultimately the children are going to leave home they're going to go out into a world where they're going to meet all sorts of people who live their lives very differently from you and uh, and almost sort of see that as a positive that the children are learning two different households you know they're living two different ways of life and that's not excusing screen time but um maybe you know because you can't do anything about what happens in your ex's house and you know if they're kind and they put food on the table and the children are ultimately happy there you just do the different stuff Mm. you know you just you just I remember a couple of times just you know the children sort of maybe they just went out endlessly shopping and they just didn't want to they wanted to do something and and I was just like well you know we all have different households and I just explained that and said but listen what we can do here is this and you know you can choose your battles you know you can choose your battles you you know you can't you don't have control over your ex and how they parent if your children are safe you know and they have somewhere you know to sleep that's good and you know a bed and Um, you know and there's no abuse involved at all and I talk about sort of mental abuse as well and emotional abuse and obviously physical abuse Um, you know when your children come back and they're okay and you know what there are times when you know laundry came back school uniforms on a Sunday night and they hadn't been washed Mm -hmm. and and you just remember thinking oh my god please you know Um, and I just Just said it very nicely after I got over that. (gasps) Listen to me, please, you know. And I was just, but, you know, and just, you know, just take the emotion out of communication. Just Mm -hmm. say, listen, you know, I'm worried about the amount of screen time. Can we agree? Mm. Um... You know on various parts of the co-parenting process that you know can we agree that they are on their screens for this amount of time just so mm-hmm. you know it's really for their mental health emotional health and maybe you want to you know we can dig up a you know an article that supports that um yeah do it not face to face so you don't do those shoulds and i mm. uh, you know you should and you know i, I don't like that word at the best of times i think it should be written on a piece of paper <laughs> taken outside and burned out of our lives um mm. but uh should is um yeah if you have an issue about it just just let it go and then write it when you're feeling calmer mm. and um and you can look at it really objectively and calmly as well mm.
0: So going back to your, after you'd written your blog and you, or started writing your blog and you're in the media and so on. And
1: how, how long ago was this? When when did you, how long ago did you get divorced? Um, so we split up in 2012 and I started writing my blog in 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, and it seems quite a long time but actually it really really flew it was so quick and um, and then I trained to be a mindfulness teacher in 2015 mindfulness was something that really helped me through um, my emotional and mental well being mm. and, and
0: you got involved
1: uh, with mediation yeah I think, so. and I and I got a job so on the back of the sort of TV stuff there was a local mediation company which I'm not sure is there and I worked there for a bit Um, and I was the first port or first point of contact for clients so I would have a lot of women and men phone me up really very fearful very nervous about mediation and you know what to expect and how they were going to feel and so I used to kind of do the pre you know the pre-mediation thing so they've been sent via the lawyer and that's kind of where I see my work so my work is You know, you go and see a lawyer or you're thinking about it or you come and see me and then you see a lawyer and then you see me and then you can go to mediation as well with all the skills to walk into mediation because, you know, mediation is a great, um, it's a, a very helpful, less expensive and acrimonious way to go through divorce. But you actually have to be prepared to go into the mediation room, you know, at your most rawest Emotional, physically exhausted, mentally exhausted state to sit across the table from somebody who has been such an enormous part of your life who is now, you know, sitting there perhaps opposite you with your arms crossed, and you know, and you're both so raw, and then you have to talk about the most important things in your life and stuff that you know that doesn't work for you anymore. And that is like people can't even do that when they're in a good relationship, let alone when they're absolutely on their knees. So that's kind of, you know, that isn't kind of that's where my a lot of my work is. And I'm working increasingly uh, with lawyers um, and lawyers are sending their clients uh, to get them prepared and sort of mediation ready. Because, of course, when you go through mediation, you know, you don't want it going on for a long time. You want it. You know you want to be objective about the outcome and um and positive as well and uh yeah that's where.
0: what what do you do with people in that pre-mediation session
1: so i give people um tools and uh we work through um the parts that they're nervous about or they're worried about and how to best approach um their ex their subjects how to get prepared um yeah. Uh, what, really what, expectations.
0: What sort of tools are you thinking about, mental tools or
1: practical? So uh sort of uh emotionally preparing yourself, mentally preparing yourself and practically preparing yourself as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Um and what yeah. would happen in a mediation session then, if you both go in, how does it is it do you both have a lawyer or a mediator with you or is it one mediator? You can have
1: one mediator. Um we had two because <clears throat> our finances were so complex um and you just yeah you you're just very aware very mindful actually you need it really is important that you go in there with this whole you know mindset of you know um making it work for example you know before we went in we would always say hello to each other and acknowledge the work we were going to do with each other so we'd ask each other how you were I think the first couple of times we went down the car together and then we realized that probably wasn't such a great idea Um, especially after the especially after the conversation of well you were just a stay-at-home mum and I ran the company and I was kind of like oh my god but you wouldn't have been able to have the company if it hadn't been for me staying at home and looking after and keeping the whole Mm -hmm. world going um Mm -hmm. and have all that time away so um yeah I think sort of turning up, saying hello to each other, acknowledging the work you're about to do, and that both of you are doing some really tough stuff and it's hard, but mm. to actually congratulate yourselves as well for, you know, doing this work mm. and being brave enough um to come and sit around a table. Um and also at the end of it as well to thank each other. You know, whether it went well or not, it's like you both turned up. Thank you for being here today. Thank mm-hmm. you for being here to help us move forward. Um, to create, you know, good co parenting, you know, to live our lives free of divorce baggage. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, you have a you have a choice. Mm. every mm. time with everything as how you wish to see it act say whatever mm. um yeah
0: and will the mediator have a list of questions to run through with you or will it be more like counseling yeah and following so the thread?
1: yeah so you'll probably get um a, well, you you'll you'll get a pre-mediation forms. So you fill in your, your details so there's a bit of preparation mm. um some mediators will have a Um, a chat to you first off just to sort of get to know you both um before you do some work they'll see how you react they'll see this little dance around Mm. kind of how you know just checking out how you know the dynamics um and uh and just sort of going through uh, and they'll give you a list of the information they need as well working so you've got a little bit of homework to go and do as well but that's good it's uh, you know it's all uh, building
0: are they looking at um practical outcomes or are they looking at the counseling side no
1: practical it's purely practical and they're not there to emotionally counsel you at all although mediators are trained to be you know Mm. they're trained to be um uh, aware and to manage Mm -hmm. um you know if something's going to clearly go off the scale in a mediation room Mm -hmm. they do know their stuff well good mediators do know their stuff and should be able to manage Mm. it in a way that is um not you know not a red rag to a bull Mm. um and they appreciate as well that you know there are two people who are really Mm. sitting down and doing some never to be underestimated how how much courage it takes to sit around a mediation table Mm. Mm. and talk about important stuff very difficult
0: yeah. Yes. So go back so you did your work as mediator. How did you get I wasn't to, a mediator, but, I worked for you a yeah. pre-mediator. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get to the divorce goddess um world then? How what steps took you into sort of a wider Promotion, well not promotional but yeah, a, a wider so awareness of I what think you are
1: doing I think everybody just kept saying to me come on oh my god divorce goddess is so amazing you've got to do something with it you've got to do something with it and I was like okay 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 right I'll do it so I kind of created a website and uh, I got a, a sort of online course now stronger happier you online course and there's kind of lots of tools and um, how to flip thought processes and I've kept it um inexpensive because actually you know one of the big worries when you go through a divorce mm-hmm. is finance um and i also uh decided yeah and started and people just started asking me for help um so i started uh, coaching people so uh, divorce coaching with mindfulness um so you know really to sort of protect finances your well-being on every level and of course more important most important your children um and and then somebody was saying and, and i've got a book in the pipeline as well so um which is great and i've got an Any agent timing, for timing you got
0: when 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 are you hoping it'll come
1: out well i've got about three books i think on my laptop i now <laughs> got to kind of shift through and which one's going to come out first yeah. but it really is going to be a very uh, a sort of handbag size Um, lots and lots of information on how to prepare and how to look at things differently. So it's really a sort of black book of, you know, the, the good stuff. When, um, when
0: are you hoping it
1: might arrive? Uh, perhaps, um, uh, probably Christmas. I think it's sort of ready for January next year. Yeah, because so. that's when all divorces get filed, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> or post some holiday, which was oh, when all really? the hours happened. Oh, so, oh, yeah, gosh, yeah, I know yeah. it's like that time spent together is yeah. almost like the store that breaks a camel's back. But, yeah, and then somebody said, why don't you do a podcast? And I just thought, oh, do you know what? I really like, I want to do a podcast mm-hmm. and I love it. And um, after 12 episodes, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, I was number 60 in the US relationship charts and number 16 in the UK relationship charts, so um yeah it kind of goes up and down a bit but I was like oh my god how's
0: that happening yes yes well we have to we'll talk about that um another time in terms Mm. of hopefully Mm. about the practicalities of course I'm really interested in how you run it all and how you do it all um but I also want interested in you know divorce is a traumatic time for you constantly being reminded of it and asked about your own divorce Mm. have you managed to do sort of um airtight containers where you don't link yourself quite so much with that or is it constantly dredging up a very stressful time in
1: your no life? actually because every time because I think because I chose to have such a positive divorce experience I mean I'm so stubborn and I really was like <sighs> right it doesn't matter what happens you're going to find a way to switch how you see this it's going to be more positive you know, every negative I literally flipped it and so for me I just thought if I could do that, then really my work is to help others do it as well. And what does your husband think about The Divorce Goddess? Uh, oh, do you I think... know what? I don't think he's ever read a blog. I think I read it. About... <laughs> oh, he hasn't listened to the podcast. He's really supportive. Mm. Um, I did read him a paragraph once and he went, what, you wrote that? And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I wrote it. It's all my words. And he was like... Oh. And I was like, is is that quite good? And he kind of went... And he just couldn't... Anyway, that was fine. He doesn't yes. need... He doesn't need to read it, but he supports it. He came on TV with me. I was going to say, is the media going
0: to want to have both of you?
1: Um, no, not necessarily yeah. anymore. They, we did. We did go on initially. And he's very cool about it. He's very supportive. You know, I mm. think he sees the benefits for our children uh, in all of this as well. So it was actually worth doing the work. Um, He... um. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say is our daughter, I think it was about a year ago, we were both sort of sitting, I think, in my sitting room having a laugh. It's my ex and I and just talking about stuff. And there's was this sort of little bit of banter going on, just joking and... Mm-hmm um and she said she said you two she said she said you're not thinking about getting back with each other <laughs> and i kind of we just both laughed and we went no and she said because that would just be so weird <laughs> and you kind of go yay we did it we did it uh, um yeah, uh, other than yeah. the fact he's got a very lovely um uh fiance anyway so but it was a, it was an interesting yeah mm. it was an interesting uh brief conversation
0: you do it does make me wonder if you can all the things you're saying about having a, a good divorce if you can apply those earlier
1: on it can yeah. help you have a good marriage yeah um, so I would really yeah. say if you are in any if you are in a place where you're thinking about separating asking for a divorce and this is not me kind of pitching it but if you want to know how to do it, am i allowed to say yes speak to me about it and literally i'm not going to take you through a massive coaching program um uh, but i you know just even one session just to get yourself around planning and what to do if i haven't covered it obviously in the podcast as well Mm. i cannot say how important it is to get yourself into that headspace where you feel more in control before literally divorce life just takes you skyrockets you out of control Mm. it's like playing that game tetris where you never know where the floor is going to drop out (laughs) from underneath you illusions (laughs) like that
0: yes and is there a sign for um people who are struggling in their marriage would there be um and thinking maybe you know divorce is a way forwards and uh but i'm i'm nervous i'm scared are there Mm. are there signs a sort of final point thinking right now you really need to divorce is the best way forwards here would you say to someone struggling in a coercive control of marriage or something like that 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 is a sign that actually you need yeah. to get out that this yeah. is not how a marriage should be yeah and not to be scared of the future
1: as yeah to not uh, do you know what that's that's lovely because you know so often you know a lot, for a lot of women they don't feel and weirdly so, increasingly men as well, they don't feel there is another way out, there isn't a way out, and that, and so therefore they stay in the marriage, a lot of people stay because of fear, um, you know, control of money, um, all that stuff as well, so um, I would ask you, I mean, if you want to reach out, reach out to me, and I can put you in a place, into a, you know, to somewhere and help, in my Divorce Goddess group, uh, which I mentioned earlier, it is private. It's full of really amazing, strong, positive women who have left marriages. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I'm not a big supporter of just divorce and you know if it's not working just leave you know but if you really are fearful and you are looking for help I would you know we all have to be brave in life to change the things that aren't working for us and um certainly I hope kind of hearing me speak and um, if you wanted to join the group anonymously, I don't name names in a group. You can just join it. I let you in if you just need to answer the three questions. Um, and that's really for privacy and confidentiality as well. Um, because we have had, you know, occasionally somebody tries to get in and pretends they're somebody are not mm-hmm. normally from, you know, another part of the world, um, sure but um we're very tight on um security and it's a very safe um non-judgmental gentle kind compassionate um place Mm uh which you know ultimately again it's down to choice Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: when we take a when we you know we're all faced with you know crossroads in our lives and even if you just got some more information you weren't quite sure where to go um and what your options are but you know, again, it's that quote, if you do the same thing over and over again, expect, you know, we, we all have to have the courage to take a step forward um, if we want to make uh, changes in our lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Well, one last question. Your children are, are 16 and 18. Uh, I yeah. 19. But how do you manage your time?
1: How do <laughs> I manage my time? Well, I kind of, I'm a really, um, I really believe that children... Um, A conversation I had with my children was when we got divorced was this is like an opportunity for you to learn all sorts of different skills. You're going to learn what it's like to have a mum who works. You're going to learn to have, you know, you're going to learn to cook. You're going to learn to do all this stuff, the washing up, (laughs) and do you know what? They just, you know, and I and I sort of encourage them all like we're a team, you know, this isn't just mum looking after children. We're all part of a team and empower your children to go, right, actually, you know what? Rather than you saying, do this, do that, it's like, this is a team effort now. We're all going through something really tough together. So then you're acknowledging as well that, you know, they're also going through something tough. And if we all work together, we can, you know, get things done. And, you know, I I haven't had very much... Um, my children haven't done that every other weekend. I've had many, many months where I've just been me and my children. And um, just... D- have that blessing and great gratitude and appreciation for having your children Mm -hmm. and that now is you know time life can feel very difficult but if you can just know that it's not always going to be like this Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you know I said goodbye to my daughter in September and we've been thick The three of us have been so tight for all their lives. She went to university. Yeah, she went to university, (laughs) and I said goodbye. Yeah, Yeah, you're out. She left home at that point. You're eighteen You're eighteen. So (laughs) she went to (laughs) she went to university, (laughs) and literally, she just ran. She said goodbye to me. I was kind of like, I love you so much. Go fly, you! I'm so proud of you. You're going to do amazing things in the world. And she literally said, "Bye, mom. I love you too." And she ran off, and she didn't even look back. And I was standing there going. But actually, you you did a good job if they don't look yeah. back, yeah. Because they're they're so confident, mm. and mm. Um, she's having a wonderful time. So, um, yeah, it's you know all we can do is be gentle on ourselves and we can only do what we can do in any one given day Mm. and try not to compare yourself or judge yourself as not being good enough or a failure because you know you didn't have a good marriage or you know or you didn't work or you know you find it difficult to manage finances or you're you know you find it difficult as a single parent spinning all those plates because it is so hard nobody's it's not easy Um, And the last thing I would just say is ask for help ask people to help you people really want to help it makes mm-hmm. them feel loved and needed and they feel good you know the endorphins mm-hmm. you know start going because they go oh I'm, all, I'm you know people love asking you're, being, give, asked for help. you're
0: giving people an opportunity to feel good because that was something on yeah. there was a self-care podcast and it was saying the number one thing to make you feel good is doing something for someone else exactly so really it's an act of altruism to yes. ask for help <laughs> I'm going to give you the opportunity to feel very good by coming and helping me move house Tosh thank you so much that was really well I found it really interesting and I'm sure lots of people find it really helpful well I hope it
1: is helpful and um thank you so much for having me on
0: Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Tosh in the podcast refers to a website which is called resolution.org, but it's resolution.org.uk. And that's a website where you can find uh, solicitors and mediators and so on. So it's resolution.org.uk. And the um, legal case that we refer to is where a woman whose career was sacrificed as a, a solicitor has won compensation on top of the splitting of the £10 million assets that they had. So they split the assets equally between her and her ex-husband, but she also got £400,000 awarded as uh, she had a relationship-generated disadvantage in her career. And her husband was still able to enjoy a stellar career. This is, if you want to look it up, it's by um, Mr Justice Moore, M-O-O-R. So it's a really important landmark case that recognises where someone's had to take a step back or has chosen to or wanted to take a step back from their career to look after their children the couple's children, that may have an effect on their future earnings. And actually, the person who is able to go on and earn full time enjoys an advantage in terms of not having to uh, give up time to look after their children. So that's a really interesting and important ruling. Um, unsurprisingly, the woman involved was a solicitor and her husband was a lawyer as well. Uh, I'd also like to mention a really funny um, little set of programmes called State of the Union. Uh, it features 10 10 minute programs about a couple about to go in for um, relationship counselling it's uh, it's quite light hearted but it covers some important themes um, my husband really liked it because it's got Rosamund Pike in it and I'm very secure with that and I'd like to thank James Ede from Be Heard Productions for producing all of my um, podcasts so far and he's a really good help if you're thinking of starting out in podcasting I really would recommend him if you'd like to follow me on uh, Instagram or Facebook, please look up Mothers Matter Podcast. And on Twitter, I'm at Podcast Mothers. Uh, my email address is mothersmatteroutlook.com. And my name's Claire Pay. Thank you for listening.